Hello and welcome to another episode of the So So Show. It's Southampton's podcast, hosted by her, Zoe Hansen. And him, Simon Clark. And we've got so much stuff to talk about this week. Absolutely. Like, for example, on Monday, Southampton's shops reopening. And so we're going to talk to Giles Semper, who is CEO of Go Southampton, you know, The Bid. So he speaks to all of these businesses all the time. He has the inside line. He knows exactly what's going on, or so he says. (laughs) I have no reason to doubt him. No, exactly, exactly. But yes, so we're going to speak to him. We're going to see what Southampton City Centre is going to look like from Monday. I can't even get my head around the challenges that they must have to face to get everything open, especially after some of those units have been closed for the best part of two months. And and the good thing is, you don't have to, Simon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't your job. <laughs> so that's one of the exciting things. The other thing that I want you to do is I want you to guess what I did this week, Simon. And I think you're going to be quite proud of me, actually. We'll talk about that later on. But I am very, very excited at the moment because Boris, last night, said that single parent families can go into a little bubble with another household. So it was between Tinder and my parents. (laughs) Which am I going to (laughs) do? Eventually, my seven-year-old rang my parents and said, we can come and see you. So we're very, very excited. So what are you going to do with your free time now, your Zoe time that you've been craving for months? Well, this is it. So we can be in a bubble with them but they live about 100 miles away so I was going to go and stay with them for a couple of nights and then I'm going to come back to Southampton just have a couple of minutes on my own without somebody shouting mummy do you know what's the reality though I think I'll probably sit there and miss her of course you will (laughs) that's the deal right my mate said to me last night how long is Lois going to go to Nanny and Pop's house for and I said I don't know really I haven't really got that far yet probably like one two years (laughs) something like that (laughs) if it all gets too quiet you want me to come around and shout mum every couple of minutes I can do that for you I think we'll Leave it, cheers. <laughs> and all you need now, really, to coincide with your newfound freedom is your uh, your favourite Mexican restaurant reopening, I guess. I know. Well, so Mexico, I've got an update for you because I drove along there the other day. I kept checking the website. It still says middle of May. Right. So I went along to Mexico on London Road and it's being repainted. They're going with different colours. They've gone with like a jade green or a very bright green. And Brian, the decorator, said apparently... It's going to be open next week, probably. So fingers crossed. Come on, Mexico is a go, go, go for the so-so show. Oh, we need to have a party. Well, obviously we can't, can we? No, you're not allowed. (laughs) We need to do something to uh, mark the occasion of Mexico reopening. Yeah, definitely. Now, I wanted to ask you this week about your daughter. So she was supposed to be taking her exams this summer. Yeah, she initially, when they decided they were going to scrap the GCSEs for this year, was a little bit upset and disappointed about it because she'd been working Mm. so hard towards it. She was determined that she wanted to get the grades that she's been working towards. But then she got over that quite quickly. And uh, Wednesday would have been the day that she sat her final GCSE. And and that's such a big milestone. Isn't it? So I did mark it with a cake and a card and she'd completely forgotten the significance of the day altogether so when she walked out of her room and tripped over the cake her first response was what? It's not my birthday till November and then she opened the card and she realised do you know what though I really 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 
really hope the prom gets to happen. It was supposed to be beginning of July. Now they've put it back till October. Okay. And I hope the prom happens for two reasons. Number one, I really think that it's such a big deal for kids their age now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they'll have watched previous generations have their prom. I think it's important that they get the opportunity to do that. And from a parent's perspective, given the cost of the dress, <laughs> I really hope it happens. And I've got to tell you this story. When she went to buy her dress, which is something that she did in September last year, as soon as you go back to school to start your last term, they're like, yeah. well, the prom's going to be happening here. Dress shops encourage you to go and get your dress sorted out there and then. It's sort of like coursework for an exam, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> so she found this dress. And she was umming and ahhing about it because it was quite expensive. And the girl who was selling her the dress, who can only have been 18 months older than her, yeah. gave this killer line. She said, can you imagine how you'd feel if someone you didn't like turned up at the prom wearing Ooh. this dress? Oh, my God. Psychological warfare on a teenage girl. Come on. Get that girl a sales job. Man, she's so good. <laughs> I just couldn't believe they would resort to that kind of sales tactic on an impressionable... She would have been 15-year-old at the time. Wow. Wow. So, did you get a phone call? Dad? I was fine with it. She's worked so hard. Oh, that's good. Will they get their exam results on the same at the same time as they would have done? Yeah. So, still in August? They'll get it on the day they were originally supposed to be receiving them. And, of course, okay. it's based on continuous assessment anyway. The teachers know the kids well enough to know what they've been able to achieve. Yeah. Well, bless her. Congrats and all of that stuff. You haven't got the big sort of fanfare for leaving school, but well done, Georgina. For kids all over Hampshire who were due to finish their GCSEs this week. I hope that you are feeling proud in some way of what you've achieved because it's, you know, it's such a big part. It's all they've known for, uh, you know, the best part of two thirds of their lives. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? They haven't got the chance to go down to the park with a hundred other kids and a bottle of white lightning this time. <laughs> some Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Oh, you from the same generation as me. <laughs> so shall we talk about something that is happening? Shall we talk about the opening of the shops on Monday? Yes, definitely. This is very exciting. I mean, it's a big step, isn't it? So we caught up with the CEO of The Bid, Go Southampton, Giles Semper, to find out what was going on. So everything's kind of poised for a bit of a comeback on Monday, the 15th of June. That's the date on which non-essential retail is allowed to reopen as long as certain social distancing rules are followed. Shops are incredibly busy setting themselves up for reopening anyway, but they're really having to have a new focus on how do they operate while keeping the customers and the staff apart from each other and safe. There was one business that I saw and I thought it's genius and I'm amazed at how businesses come up and adapt and come up with these ideas and it was French and Sons in Bedford Place, the shoe shop, and they've made some movable screens that have the bottom cut out. So the screen will always be across your face and in between the customer and the person, but you can put your feet through, have them measured, they can try the shoes on and 
Um, have you heard of any other sort of businesses that are opening with something like that? Uh, I haven't because we're kind of waiting yeah. to see what people do. I mean, Caroline French is one of our board members. Right. That shop is one of the jewels in Southampton's crown Absolutely. from my point of view. So it never surprises me to hear that they're doing it better than anybody because <laughs> that's what they've done for 200 years or whatever it is. You know, yeah. fantastic shop. Yeah. So how long have you had to plan for this? In the case of Go Southampton, which represents about 650 businesses in the city centre, we've got a complete recovery plan of which social distancing is just part, you know, and we have, so just stepping back a bit, you know, for most of this lockdown, what we've been trying to do is communicate mainly with our businesses okay. and tell them what the government and others are trying to do for them. So the whole programme around grant funding, around business loans, around furloughing of staff, we've just kept up a constant barrage of information to our members on, on what that means for them. Right. Because I think like with any crisis, you're looking for reliable information, you're looking for what is what do I actually have to do or what can I do in this situation. You don't want any other extraneous noise, so that's what we've been trying to focus on. The other thing we've had quite a strong focus on is safety and security of business premises while they've been closed. Yeah, so course. we've had a team of security guys out checking premises and thankfully the crime rate has been low, the number of break-ins has been relatively low. Um, so that's been good and then we shifted probably about halfway through the lockdown to think about the recovery and how that can look. And, and that's kind of where we are now. In, in the first phase, it's definitely about confidence. You know, do the customers feel confident to come back and shop safely? So the focus, for us, the focus has been largely on what we call the public realm, you know, the outdoor spaces, how those can be made safe. There, we've been working very closely with the council. At the end of the day, it's the council's responsibility but thankfully Southampton City Council always works closely with the business community and that's what they've done with us to, right. make, to try and get this right. So next weekend's going to be pretty crazy getting vinyls down on the floor, getting a whole system of kind of queuing and for individual retailers and then movement down the central spine. But we think we've got a good, we've got a good plan, so we're hoping when it goes in it actually works. Somebody said to me the other day, the more you tell people to do things, the less likely they are to do it. And, and I, maybe that's something British, specifically British. We I don't think, like to be told. We don't like to be told. And I think the Southampton system's just about right. It's, it's guiding rather than telling. Okay. You know, so we'll see, we'll see. So, so is the high street going to be one way? Or is this how we're going to work it? No, or what's it no. going to look like? So thing is we try to preserve quite a lot of space for queuing um, because we particularly as we look here at the Bargate we look down the high street on the right we've got generally the larger retailers and the ones which are likely to have large, longer queues so we reserve quite a lot of space on the right for queues then kind of to the left of the trees as we look down that way that's going to be the kind of passageway but it's going to be two-way with two metres in, in, in between. So there's a kind of, you know, there's a movement lane right down the middle of the high street, but it's two-way. Okay. Um, all of that is advisory and, you know, we, we just hope people observe it. I was talking to somebody in Berlin who was telling me that everything's back to normal. You know, wow. there are rules, 
but largely people are just going about their lives and are being trying to be sensible about it and I think that's the point we're trying to get to where people take responsibility you know rather yes. than be us telling them what to do the thing most on my mind at the moment is how we reopen the leisure hospitality businesses yes. and that is a lot around this outdoor dining thing we think that is a fantastic opportunity for Southampton as well as getting those businesses open we could change the city centre a bit if we can find those places where we can get tables and chairs out and we can get the cars out of certain bits of the city and like re-inhabit them and we, we think that could be brilliant for the city. Amazing, you know? so sort of pedestrianised yeah. Oxford Street, yeah. that kind of way. Uh, and I know the council looking at Bedford Place, right. looking at East Street. Yeah looking at the top part of above bar street right. you know at the moment we have a view that that the, the traffic in that top part of above bar street breaks the continuity between where we are here yeah. and guildhall square yeah, yeah, if yeah. we could get that more pedestrianized then uh -huh. people would get down to guildhall square which is what we all want yeah, and you right. know possibly the nuffield theater wouldn't have closed if 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 we could get real so footfall up that end how many businesses do you think will be open so 50% or? Well, the figure we're hearing um, from our colleagues at West Quay is 20 to 30%. Okay. So that is lower than we kind of expected. Uh -huh. But actually what it probably means is we can have more of a phased return right. to normality. And that actually might be a good thing. So we, we're desperate for retail to open, but the fact it's not all opening on Monday yeah. might yeah. be a good thing, okay. you know, and, and, and we, we can, move with the retailers as they as they open was there a process that said which stores could and would reopen so what what that is generally is national retailers thinking do i want to open all my stores at the same uh -huh. time i mean what you have to think about is to open a store is expensive from yeah. the moment you open it you're paying for power you're paying for security you're paying for staff you're paying for stock are they going to get enough customers, right. you know, given the social distancing requirements, to make that worthwhile? Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's a very mixed picture. Lots and lots and lots of people are interested in Primark, mm. which is always busy, is always stacked full of people because it's so popular. Yeah. Have you got any idea how that's going to play out on Monday? No. <laughs> It's no, uh, it is opening on Monday. It is uh, a major attractant of footfall right. in in the city centre. It does very very well that store. Uh, so if if there's going to be a pinch point, yes. you've you've named it. So I've said I can't go before Wednesday next week. I think <laughs> let's just let it calm down a bit. Much as I need a new pair of leggings because I've put on a stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Giles Semper from Go Southampton. He's been heavily involved in the reopening of the city centre, which of course will be happening on Monday to all the non-essential shops. And I should just point out where we were standing when we recorded that chat with him. We were down by the bar gate. Yeah. And anyone who hasn't been into town recently is probably going to feel 
vaguely nostalgic with the sound of the buses, the seagulls and the pigeons. <laughs> they were loud. <laughs> who were not interested in socially distancing at all. But it's it's fascinating to think about the process that's had to go into opening all of these shops. And it's not just from the, uh, the stock point of view, moving stuff around and um, putting the aisles and the direction of traffic and everything else in, but also making sure that it's safe for people. They've had to check the water supplies in all of these shops to make sure they don't have legionnaires. I know, that's crazy. Like when we go on holiday and you come back and you have to run the shower for a couple of minutes before you actually get into it. Do you? Do you not do that? Well, I've never done that. No, of course not. You've learned something new, though. And the other thing that shops have been very busy doing, of course, is buying up ribbon because they need to cut it as they go across the threshold on Monday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to go into town on Monday just to see what's going on, you know? I'm tempted just to go and watch what happens at Primark. Because when you mentioned that, it's going to be like the next sale. (laughs) Because when that starts, the doors open and it's a stampede. On my way back to the car after we chatted to Giles, I walked past a cafe that was open. And at the moment, I always, whenever I see an independent retailer open, I always feel the urge to go in and spend some money with them. And I thought, I'll go and grab a coffee. So I walked in, head down, didn't even realise what I'd walked into. Turns out I was in a vegan cafe. Uh You know, Cafe Thrive? Yes, 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 Um, I know. So I had my first vegan latte. Great. And how was your latte? It was all right. It was nice. I'd drink another one. (laughs) Watch out, watch out. And the unpleasant thing was... You'd expect it to cost you a fortune right. because it's vegan. Mm-hmm. But actually, it was less than a latte at Starbucks would have well, been. Well, they are. They are. And it didn't come in a bucket. No. Right? <laughs> I'm really keen to find out what you did this week that uh, is going to impress me. But before that, I think we should talk about the Isle of Wight Festival because that would have been happening I know. this weekend. The amount of people that go, you know, from Southampton. Also, everybody comes through here down at Red Funnel and there's a bit of a party going on down there. It's sort of like like a pre-festival, isn't it, mm. you know? It's the start of the festival season. Yeah, Isle of Wight is always the first one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the first big one. You've been many times, haven't you? Yes, I've been, I don't know, maybe five times, something like that. And, of course, the memorable visit for you was the uh, the time you went in your wedding yes. dress. Yes, I mean, well, this is a bit of a story, but I was supposed to get married in June a few years ago and I didn't get married to him. I worked out that I didn't like him which was lucky beforehand. Yeah. Anyway, it was coming up to my, what would have been my wedding day. So I thought, well, I've already got the dress. What am I going to do? I've got to mark that day somewhere. And then it was the Isle of Wight Festival. So I went along with some friends. I wore my dress, train and all, and jumped about to the Kaiser Chiefs telling people to get off my train. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. I bet you stood out that year. Yeah, just a bit. (laughs) It was having to use my friends sort of as bridesmaids because I couldn't get in a pool to Luke's my dress was so big oh I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that and that's a grim experience anyway at the best of times exactly exactly what's that on my dress no no we can't go there um, have you been have you been along to the Isle of Wight yeah I mean one of the things about my previous jobs is I've always had the opportunity to attend so I've been quite a few times my biggest memory is actually a disappointing one 2015 the Counting Crows played on the Friday night. Now, I've been a fan of the Counting Crows since their first album in the the, the early 90s, and I know all the words. It was such a part of my late teens, early 20s, that first album, so I thought, I'm going to love this. And they didn't come out and do Agadoo, did they? They sang all their big hits differently. (gasps) 
Oh, no. And you're there and you want to sing along and you want to be part of it. And you can't because he's singing the chorus about half a second behind the rest of us. And it wasn't a sound problem at his end. He was literally like freestyle and scatting the lyrics. And I appreciate he's probably been singing that song for the best part of 20 years. And he's probably sick to the teeth of it. But I wanted to (laughs) sing out loud to Mr. Jones. Oh, bless you. And I I just came away feeling thoroughly (laughs) deflated. Oh, bless you. I mean, he should have sung Agadoo then. At least you'd know the words and you'd be able to do it in time. If he'd sung Agadoo, it probably wouldn't have been in time with the rest of us anyway. So He's doing the harmonies two beats below. I'm know. glad I got the opportunity to see Fleetwood Mac perform with the original lineup when they were there. Brilliant. I reckon the best I've ever had. So my best night ever at Isle of Wight Festival. This was in one night. This was a Friday night. And it was Groove Armada, Basement Jacks and then The Prodigy. Oh my! What a great lineup! Gosh, it was just crazy. I've got a feeling that I didn't even go down to the arena the next day because I was so worn out <laughs> from dancing to that. I'm not surprised. It was crazy, man. Yeah, the Isle of Wight Festival. It's such a shame that it's not happening. But there's loads on the telly, actually, isn't there? Because they're on Sky Arts. They're going to run the greatest hits. And I know it's not the same sitting in your living room watching it, but at least you get a bit of a flavour for it. If the Counting Crows are about to pop up from 2015, I. <laughs> go make a cup of tea or go and get beer out the fridge because it's not going to be anywhere near your expectations. So what have you done then that's going to impress me? Well, what do you think it is, right? So it's something that's going to impress you. You need to have a guess at what it is. Did you go out for a trip with Lois and not have to use a public toilet? (laughs) No, I didn't do that. (laughs) Did you cook something from scratch that didn't involve tin? I mean, now you're just coming up with silly answers aren't you <laughs> what did you do then right you simon clark mr chris reese from the southampton marathon and approximately 45 of my friends have been on to me about doing this 10k yeah which was supposed to be in april then june then august now cancelled till next year so the southampton 10k i was supposed to be doing it now they're doing it virtually and this week i completed it oh well done that's brilliant it was no mean feat i can tell (laughs) you i'm a bit of a show-off right so i quite like doing an organized run it makes me go faster Mm. because you have supporters and because people are watching you so I tend to walk less when people are watching you because otherwise they'll tell you to run more so I try and sort of create supporters yeah Um, so I went for a run down to Riverside and um, I'm running along so everybody that's walking towards me I will say hello good morning good afternoon to because when they say something back to me I'm like oh yeah there's my supporters yeah well done well done Thanks for that. Thanks. (laughs) But I had a bit of bother, actually. So I did this 10K on Tuesday. By the time I got to Cobden Bridge through Riverside Park, I'd done about four miles. And I started to come back through Riverside down to Woodmill. I was just getting up towards the ice cream van. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I can't keep going. I need a drink, right? I've been looking at people's water bottles. Obviously, that isn't the thing that you can do right now and say, can I have a swig of that? Yeah. So I went up to the ice cream van with a strawberry beetroot face at this point and no breathing whatsoever going on. Um, I said, is there any chance I could have a drop of water? And he said, I've only got a bottle of water and it's a pound. And I'm like, "Okay, well, 
I'm so desperate. Is there any chance you could just give me the bottle of water and I'll bring you a pound later? <laughs> I'm going to the ice cream van and asking for a tab. Begging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a tab. And bless him, this guy, Paul, he was brilliant. He said, yep, go on then. He could obviously see that my head was just about to explode. <laughs> and I downed it and I ran home and I had a shower and all of that stuff because he was quite hot. So I went back down. I took my little and back down and I was like... I told you I'd bring my pound. He was like, oh, amazing. Thanks so much. Did you get back all right? How far did you run? And, and we got to have an ice cream as well. So hurrah for Paul. Yeah, well done, Paul. Thanks. You got me around there. And I'll tell you what, it was, was just so wonderful. Like I say, I love a bit of support when I'm doing my running. And when I got back, my little un and my neighbour were out in the road with a tape measure finishing line. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> that I had to run across. So, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the video up on, on our socials um, so you can see that. But it was, yeah, it was very cute. It was very cute. Don't look at me. I've got a red face and it's terrible. Oh, but you did it though. You did it. Our nagging. Chris Reese and I nagging you last week. Work. And you said there and then, do you know what? If you nag me enough, I'll do it. And you have. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So you can all shush now, right? We've got the video evidence on our socials. Also on our socials, by the way, we've got the, the picture of uh, Giles, who we spoke to earlier on from Go Southampton when we were chatting to him down by Bargate. Next week on the podcast, we're going to catch up with some brides who've had to postpone their weddings from this summer due to COVID. Now, that's not as gloomy as it sounds because some of them had some really cool ways to mark and celebrate the days where they were supposed to be getting married. And we'll share some of those stories with you next week on a podcast. Brilliant. Actually, you can turn this into a positive because what you get is actually two wedding days. One of them in particular has got something really lovely out of it. But we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the So So Show. We really appreciate it. And uh, the comments that you leave on our social media as well. Uh, we're now available on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google. Most of the main podcast providers have let us on, which is great. Whether they'll let us stay there after we started talking about why dining <laughs> a Mag 2020, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see about that. But we're on socials as well. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, the So So Show. Let us know what you think. Enjoy your Zoe time this week oh, while your you. parents are in the support bubble and uh, we'll see you next Friday. Have a great week, Zoe. Cheers and you, Simon.